what an inappropriate uh, theme song to introduce my special guest this morning, Keith Banks, the author of a brand new book out called Drugs, Guns and Lies, which sounds even more exciting than sex, drugs and rock and roll, I reckon. Keith, good morning. How are you? <laughs> Hello, Sally Ann. I'm well. Thanks for having me on. A pleasure, a pleasure to speak to you. Now, I must admit I haven't had time to actually read the full book yet, but I have had a flick through. Wow, wow is all I can say. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your working background? Yeah, I was uh, I was a member of the Queensland Police Force uh, from 1975 to 1995, um, and yes, it was during the bad old days. Mm. Um, <laughs> I worked, uh, I was a, actually a police cadet, so I joined when I was 16. Um, the year I turned 17. Had two years at the police academy. I did year 12 and then another 12 months of training under that system. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to wait until I was 19 to be sworn in, which was uh, 1977. Um, and I walked the beat, did all the classic stuff, um, went into mobile patrols, which was a, a place to be. I found out that there were undercover police because no one really knew about them in those days. I'm and, pleased uh, about that. They're doing their <laughs> job well then. <laughs> Not a bad idea. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I really did everything I could to join that. Um, so I worked undercover, deep undercover, um, and I make that I make that distinction, Sally, because a lot of people think undercover police are the guys you see and girls you see driving around in unmarked cars. Mm. Undercover cops actually have different, completely different identities and, uh, and they're deep cover, so they don't declare themselves as police. My job and, my, and that of my mates was to, um, to set up drug deals. Yeah, wow. To buy a lot of drugs, set up, uh, you know, then a, a large drug deal um, and then everyone, everyone was arrested at, uh, at that point. I can't imagine the anxiety levels of being in a job like that. How did how work? How did you get through that sort of work? That would send me off the deep end, I think. <laughs> well, actually, you know, now I'm older, and some would argue a little bit more mature. <laughs> um, it's uh, it, it is pretty frightening to look back on that. But yeah. we were all kids, you know. There, there were no no women in undercover then. Mm-hmm. Um, we're all just young men, and uh, we were. God, I was 21 when I started. My mates were around the same age or maybe a couple of years older. So when when you're a young bloke, um, living a life like that, it's actually an adventure. Mm, fearless, but, don't you, at that age a little bit? Yeah, but, but um, as I've written in, in the very front of the book, and, and we'll leave the bad words out, but um, <laughs> the, uh, the rush of it all and the adrenaline combined with fear was very, very addictive. Mm. I would imagine so. Yes. So, tell us uh, this drug. Uh, this drug. This book, uh, which is called "Drugs, Guns, and Lies." Uh, my life as an undercover cop. How how long did it take you to put together a memoir like that? How many? How much time did you spend pulling all those memories together? And and was it a cathartic experience for you to do that, or was it maybe a little bit painful even? It was. It was actually both. Um, I, I I wrote it. Oh, intermittently, I, yeah. I, ne- I never wrote. I never wrote with the intention of being published. I actually wrote it um, because I, I suffered uh, major PTSD as a result of some um, issues that happened in the last ten years of my service mm. with, um, with a shooting incident where one of my one of my friends was killed and uh, um, two of us killed the offender, and then there were other shootings and other major things that really messed me over. Mm. Um, but I didn't realise I had it, and uh, I just thought that was just me. So when 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 I, my girls were growing up, I was 
pretty much emotionally distant and, and all over the place. Mm. So I started writing this to give them something um, now that they're grown women um, to help them understand a little bit more about what happened to me. Yeah, okay. Um, so that took me about four and a half years, I suppose. Um, and and then, you know, as, as I was writing it, there were some parts in there I've, I've written very openly about my um, my childhood, which was very challenging. Um, mm. That was one of the last chapters I wrote because that was tough. Um, and and as I went through it, I really wanted to tell the story of, of one of my colleagues, Harry, who's given me full permission to use his name. Um, he became addicted to heroin within 12 months of starting undercover work. And and tragically, uh, he was he was supplied with that. I firmly believe by corrupt police um, because it suited their benefit suited their intention to have an undercover cop who used heroin because they could put him anywhere that, you know, other cops couldn't go. Um, wow. He ended up, yeah, it's a terrible story. He, he ended up um, being pensioned out of, well, paid out of the mm. police force very quietly um, with no no support, no welfare, nothing at all, and, uh, and sadly used all the money on heroin and became an armed robber. Oh, um, no. Yeah, direct result of his job. And, and that really, that was a story I really wanted to tell. Yeah. To, to expose, you know, just the, the cynical way that some police treated undercover operatives. Um, but I have to say, Sally, and, I, and I've said this to, to people for years, ever since I left policing, the absolute vast majority, regardless of the Fitzgerald inquiry findings, that the vast majority of police I worked with, men and women, were honest, straight, dedicated people who mm. tried to do the right thing. Yeah. There absolutely was corruption, but it was a... The, the problem with the Queensland corruption was that the corruption was actually at very high levels, as history shows. Um, I've got goosebumps just now <laughs> talking about that. I'm very yeah. pleased to hear you say that, that you, your thoughts are that the majority of people are in it for the right reasons and doing the right things. So in light of that, Keith, how do you feel about the current movement all around the world uh, to keep try and get the police to, to be more accountable and keep, I guess, keep them honest and um, really keep them doing their job and, you know, keeping, as you say, keeping the right ones in the job, the noble people who are in there for all the right reasons? How do you feel about all that? at the moment? Yeah, I, I think um, America, the biggest mistake that, that people make with America is they think it's similar to Australia because they speak the same language. Yes. Um, it's, it's a, wow, it's, it's a completely different world over mm -hmm. and, and the police uh, have different rules of engagement from here. So to use deadly force here, and I've actually done it, I've used deadly force in, in, in guns um, battle situations. It's it's a completely different requirement. You need to be an impending fear of death, um, either yours or someone else's. Mm. And but in the states, the, the use of firearms is is quite um, it's quite a low bar. If yep. that makes sense. Absolutely. But balance that out with it. But what happened to George Floyd and others is horrific. You know, I look at that. I look at that, and as a twenty-year veteran, whenever I've seen that footage, it makes me sick. Mm. Um, but that's, you know, it, it comes down to people who probably join for the wrong reasons and, yeah. and a lot of it's about power yes. and, um, and they misuse it. But, you know, on the other side of the coin, a lot of people that police stop over their machine guns and, and a lot of police are murdered in the line of duty in cold blood. Mm -hmm. and, and I think all of that develops a perfect storm because the police then feel under siege, so they feel um, more... I suppose, um, empowered or, or, or just able to use really 
um, a lot of force very quickly. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Australia, you tend to de-escalate, you're trained to de-escalate it um, and, you know, try to talk to you. And I've done that as well, um, and as, has, as have a lot of police. But I think, I think there's going to be societal change over there. But, you know, when I hear defund the police, mm. I then wonder who's going to deal with the situations um, that police face a lot. Yes. Police, police, sadly, I think, have become welfare workers when, when you've got welfare areas understaffed mm-hmm. and under-resourced. Absolutely right, that needs to go. Yeah. But I just wonder what the alternative is. Yeah, you're right. I don't think that's the answer. I don't think defunding the police is the answer. Maybe, would you say, maybe better screening of candidates or, or, you know, more psychological assessments of candidates before they enter the police force would be appropriate, maybe? I I think that there's quite a lot of screening now. Um, I I have young um, friends of my my girls who actually joined Victoria Police. That's where I live now. Mm -hmm. And and the screening is quite good, um, much more than we had in my day. Yeah. I think it's more about the culture. I think it's more mm. about um, ensuring that the culture is driven from the top. Yeah. Um, I honestly don't know the answer to the US. It, it's such a huge country of, um, of various areas. You know, you'll have uh, people in New York City um, who are very professional police. Then you travel only, I don't know, a thousand k's down to the deep south. And mm. It's a completely different world. It sure is, yes. Mm. Yeah. Interesting conversation, though. Thanks for asking. Yeah, I just thought we'd uh, we'd get your thoughts on that. Some really interesting comments there. Thank you, Keith. So back to you, back to you and your book. It's called <laughs> Drugs, Guns and Lies, My Life as an Undercover Cop. It's out now. It's available now. Um, extraordinary tale, really, of pulling that all together. Did you ever wonder when you were to writing it that um, there would be some uh, kickback? Not kickback, that's not the right word. Some fallout. <laughs> Uh, after, you know, talking about your work for all that time from people that you worked with or the police force? Yeah, I did. I I actually expected that, um, because I've written, uh, again, about the fact that um, under Commissioner Lewis's regime in Queensland and the Bielke-Peterson government, it was a a very challenging time. And um, a lot of people, a lot of police, former police, around my vintage have made comment about how good those days were. Mm -hmm. Um, But... That's pretty naive. A lot of people, again, I've spoken to, never saw the levels of corruption that the undercovers were exposed to. I mean, I've written about, you know, detectives wanting me to sell heroin on their behalf when I was out in the field, just, you know, horrible stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and now, and, and in fact, I haven't had the pushback because those people who've read advanced copies that, that I've sent out and signed and so on mm-hmm. have actually come back to say, you know, to thank me for opening their eyes. Um, so, so, the, so the answer is not as yet. Um, good, good. Pleased from, to hear that. Yeah, me too. And from from a criminal perspective, well, they all knew who I was anyway after jobs were finished. So yeah. I don't think there'd be any... Um, I think that'd be crazy to put their heads above the, the water, to be honest. Surely, yes. Well, Keith, we're on the way to the news, but it looks like an absolutely fascinating and um, compelling read. And thank you for... for you know, for really putting pen to paper or, or hand to typewriter, I guess, at these days, uh, to pull all that together. It looks like a wonderful read. And, uh, folks, we do have a copy to give away. If you'd like to give me a call now on six seven six two three five double four. Drugs, Guns and Lies, if you would like to go and get your hands on it at our local bookshop here in Tamworth. Keith Banks, what a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much for taking time to chat to us here at 2TM. It's my pleasure, Sally, and, and really nice to talk to you. Thank you for having me on.